Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome back to SEN Tracks Trots Live Show, and I'm joined now by a legend of Inter-Dominion Racing, Tim Butt, trainer extraordinaire. Tim, mate, uh, firstly, how are you and whereabouts are you today? Yeah, we're, we're living it up here in Queensland. Well, we've got our own property up here and um, trying to develop the next Inter Dominion winner, Toby. <laughs> yeah. And to, to be honest, in many regards, it looked like you were just producing them year after year after year and it had never stopped. But in many, some people be sort of glad you're not still doing that in a way because you're just making it look too easy there for a while, Tim. Oh, no, it's definitely not easy, especially in the, in the Dominion. You know, it's a pinnacle for any trainer and, and it's a great challenge, you know, with the series and, you know, having your horse's condition going into it to um, to get through the series and, you know, and having that luck to, to get the points and then still having a horse with a bit of petrol left in the tank at the, at, for the final. And I was surprised to see when I was doing my research that the year 2000, you know, Happy Asset and Lyle Creek both qualified for the final and they've got different stories, obviously, but they were your first two finalists in Inter-Dominion. So I sort of, in my mind, I, I sort of would have assumed you'd had some before that, but they were your first two? Yeah, they were, they were the, I think it was my second Inter-Dominion series, probably. Um, I think we went to Hobart with Happy Asset, but... Um... You know, I remember before we left for that for that particular series in Melbourne and uh, Harness Racing New Zealand um, provided a rug for all the paces in the series and um, the first one came out was Christian Cullen in Courage Under Fire, Holmes DG and Yule Star. Yeah. And my horse came out at the asset. So you can imagine the quality of the, the horses that were just coming from New Zealand. So, um, But we ended up finishing um, the highest, highest point of the lot. So um, very interesting. Yeah, you ran third with Happy Asset in that pacing series. It was a bit of a different series where the Hunter Cup and Vic Cup counted as well. You ran second in the Hunter Cup off 10 metres. You, you had a horror run with barrier draws. He drew seven in the final, Happy Asset, and somehow managed to run third to Shaker Maker and Breenies Fella. Yeah, well, I think um, Victorian set it up for Shaker Maker, you know, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. But, um, anyway, yeah, Happy Asset was, you know, a great horse. Um, but just below, rung below those those champion horses like Shaker Maker. But with an ounce of luck, he, he could have won the final. He, he went forward and, um, it, you know, ended up in the running line and got pushed back a little bit. And um, Shaker Maker just got around him before he could come out. And um, But he flashed home for third. And, you know, we were, we were ecstatic to, to get that over, you know. And was the Inter-Dominion, like, where, where did it sit on your, you know, as you were a young trainer coming through in New Zealand, your uncle Robin had run second in an Inter-Dominion on Locarno in 1980, but the butt name had never won one at that point as a trainer anyway. Was the Inter-Dominion really the, the pinnacle for you? Well, it's interesting when you're a Kiwi. Um, you know, the New Zealand Cup mm. carries so much mana, but um, for me, it was the number one race was always the Inter-Dominion. I think yeah. um, 
because you are racing against the Australians and, and the series and, and you're testing you know your ability and your horse's ability against the best horses and the best trainers in Australasia you know so um, um, you know we, we were sort of we'd grown up watching it and, and, and unfolding and things like that and, and listened to a lot of things that the old trainers have talked about with um, the problems that, that occurred during the Dominions and the things to you know look out for as a trainer. So um, you know I think um, because it was a fabric of our upbringing that we we always um, you know were destined to to go close to winning it and, and and luckily we have. All those factors and you need a horse that's you know hardened to racing at that top level and. You got hold of a trotter called Lyle Creek and you brought him over. He'd only had 14 race starts and you brought him over for an Inter-Dominion. He was a five-year-old at the time, but he must have been relatively, well, inex- well, he's inexperienced and still relatively new to it. It was a massive thing to bring him over, I'm sure, with only 14 starts under his belt. Yeah, it was. You know, I, I, I remember getting hearing a whisper that the Inter-Dominion trotter's final was going to go to half a million and... And we were shopping around sort of six months before trying to buy a trotter that would be good enough to go in it. Yeah. Unbeknown to us, we had, we had the winner in our own stable at the time. <laughs> Lyle was just starting off, you know, and um, he just he just hit the ground running in about, about August. And, um, you know, away he went. He just, just went to Auckland at Christmas time and beat all the, I think he beat three previous Inter-Dominion trotting winners in, in, a, in a race in Auckland and then... You know, we moved on to the, the end of the minions, and um, the series probably suited them with the with the week between runs, and yeah. one 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 heat was a standing start. So, um, you know, he he was just a well, he was just a champion trotter, and and um, starting off his career really. So so as he was coming through, he just what just kept improving, 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 and just kept surprising you the whole time. Yeah, well, he he kicked off. We sort of we sort of spelled our horses over the winter, and he'd won three or four races. You know, prior to that, and he kicked off in sort of September. Mm. Um, prior to you know, probably six months before the end of Dominions, and he just went through unbeaten really, and through the lower classes, and then he won our Dominion handicap, which is our biggest race um, in November at our Cup meeting, and then went on yeah. to Auckland and, and won the big trots up there at Christmas time, and um, naturally, you know, with the end of Dominions being half a million, he had. He proved to us that he's worthy to bring over, you know. But um, he just dominated the series, and and um, you know, as I said, it was a great series to be part of. Ian McEwen was, um, you know, a great administrator at the time, and um, you know, I don't know if I've been to an Inter Dominion that, that had such high profile as at Melbourne one, you know. And um, you know, it was it was just a pleasure to be part of. It certainly was, and yeah, it was a different series in the qualifying. You won the Doard Cup, which counted towards it. He was two dollars twenty favourite, which uh, looks like value now. Uh, Australian Trotting Championship, which was uh, virtually a heat as well, off ten metres at a dollar forty, and then he went around a dollar forty favourite in the final, off ten metres, and he was just too good, Tim. two or three runs during the, during the final and just to keep out of trouble really and um, he, he it, it seems funny to say I think he had um, a nine starts or ten starts at the Valley and he won nine of them and um, he always struggled a little bit with the, with the flat corners mm. and um, you know, in the final he just he just around the last bend he just looked like he was stopping but as soon as they straightened up he, he found another gear and kicked away and won easily.
you then didn't compete in another one with him anyway until 2005. There was a little bit happening in between, though. You took him to Europe and to America, and, God, it was some sort of a journey with that horse over the next three or four years before he returned home to New Zealand. Oh, without doubt, you know, when, you, when you're lucky enough to take a horse to the elite lap and, you know, we were young and, you know, enjoyed the social side of things and and uh, having a horse that's a vehicle, you know, to allow you to meet, meet other trainers and other horse people around the world is, um, you know, something something that you pinch yourself when you look back, really. And, um, you know, we enjoyed it and we, we, um, we, you know, did the right thing by everybody. And, um, you know, he was just a just a fantastic horse to, to be lucky enough to train. And then he, you had one more tilt at the Inter-Dominion with him as an 11-year-old, which didn't quite go to plan, but he still ran seventh in a final, which as an 11-year-old is pretty stunning, really. Yeah, I think it was pretty much a swan song then. He, mm. you know, was having a lot of trouble with, you know, his old age was catching up on him. And um, But anyway, you know, it's, you know, I'm sure he would have won a few of the Dominions in between if he'd <laughs> stayed around. But yeah, uh, yeah. in those days, a lot of them were handicaps and, you, you yeah. know, you got... I think at the one at uh, Brisbane at Take a Moment one, he he um he was going to be 50 metres behind, which 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 made it awfully tough, you know. So when when you were shopping around looking for a horse for the Inter Dominion, it wasn't Take a Moment. He won 2001 and 2003. That wasn't the horse you found, was it? No, it actually was a horse of Mike the Phillips. We, we we were interested in buying. He actually came over for the series horse called Sundown Bay, but um oh, yeah. I think he might have run second in one of the heats. But he got a, got an injury, I think, and um, yeah. But anyway, it was just just um, you know when it went to half a million, it was uh, it was unheard of, really. You know, twenty twenty two years ago, and um, you know, you sort of we knew we had happy asset in the paces one, so we, we we wanted to have something for the trotters. Yeah, take a moment in oh one in Brisbane, and then in oh three, backed it up with his second uh, into Dominion, which we can you know pretty amazing. You won what three out of four years in a row. Yeah, well, he was another terrific horse, and um, he, he he was very immature when we took him to Brisbane. I think he, I, I think he won it in one less start than maybe Lyle. He might have gone to Brisbane, yeah. and you know, in fourteen or thirteen starts as well. You know, so and it was a big trip for him with the weather, and um, you know, to Brisbane. So he did he did extremely well. But when it was in Addington in uh, two thousand and well, his next next win, he was just unbeatable. He he won every heat and um, you know and had a hard run in the final. It was just too good. So um, on his home track and you know home environment, you know they're pretty hard to beat horses like him. So you won a few with Whiteley Race Trotters that were Jets, and then in two thousand and nine, we may as well touch on Mister Feelgood, who was a former American pacer that had had plenty of starts. So uh, that would have been a challenge in itself as well. Yeah, it was a huge thing at the time, really. And, um, you know, to get a get a horse like him, he had won a little brown jug, and um, to come over and then sort of, you know, to teach him to stay and a different style of racing. But he was such a great horse. He was so adaptable. He had a great temperament and a great nature. And, um, you know, he won the Hunter Cup prior to the, prior to the, into the Minion. And he, um, and he wasn't really in, you know, his best, best form then, I didn't think. And, so we, we were pretty confident at the end of the minions, but, but he actually got, got pretty crook and yeah. just acclimatising. And um, so he wasn't wasn't 100% going into the series. And, and even right through the series, he, he didn't look like a winner, you know. And um, but we just got him right on the right night and things fell into place. Yeah, I was lucky enough to be actually up there for that. We had a horse uh, in the final in Monaco and 
I remember the, he was pretty crook, Mr. Feelgood, for a while. And he was, in, he was in serious doubt of even running around in the final at one stage, wasn't he? Yeah, well, he had a low white count, which is generally viral, and it's very hard to treat with antibiotics because it's, you know, it's not bacterial. So, um, so we just had to like nurse him and just, just, just try and, you know, get him as good as we could. And, um, and he, and we just that week between the, the just we didn't do anything with him really. We just, yeah. he just walked and jogged, and um, he just picked up and picked up. And, you know, by the final day, he was actually like jumping out of his skin. And, um, but as I said, we were, we were thinking of third or fourth. Would have been would have been a great effort, but um, you know when it when he fell into place and he won it, it was a real surprise, really. Yeah, well, Sam was masterful training performances on many occasions, and the butt name so synonymous now with Inter Dominions, particularly over the last twenty years. And hopefully, you have got another Inter Dominion winner there just coming through the ranks. And wouldn't it be something to you achieve so many so much with Anthony? But wouldn't it be something if you could if you could share one with a son? That would be the next the next thrill of your life, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, the end of the minions are up here at next next year after Melbourne. We won't, we won't be part of the Melbourne series, but hopefully we were targeting you know something for that. And um, you know, I'm coming to the end of my training career as well, so um, it'd be nice little swan song to win an end of the minion in Queensland where where we've won two of them already. So um, yeah. it'd be something to look forward to. Good on you, team. Thanks for taking the call, and uh, look forward to catching up with you sometime soon. No, it's great to relive relive those memories. Cheers, David. Yeah, no worries. There is. Tim Budd, and uh, it's a pretty common theme when I bring these people about coming on and talking about some of these uh, horses of bygone eras that have won into the minions. Like, you know, obviously they love these horses. You couldn't do anything but love them when they win an into the minion for you. Jeez, I know a lot of people, we, we all love our horses, basically, and we love them when they win a maiden. We love them when they, you know, go into an into the minion series. Uh, and we love, we certainly must, you must love them when they actually win and into dominion. They're yeah, lucky enough to have had a runner in, in the, uh, and my father did in, in the early eighties with another touch ran sixth in a final at Globe Derby, uh, just for Cody Winnell. If he's listening, Barrel Boy did run in two series, uh, but didn't make a final. Just thought I'd better cover that off in case people hadn't heard. And I know Sooty mentioned last week to me when I saw him at the trots that, he doesn't quite hear enough about Barrel Boy. I'm not sure that's exactly what he said. He might have said he hears too much, but I thought you might like to know that too, Sooty. Uh, 11.30 news coming up. I haven't cut the audio of uh, Darren Carroll from this morning, so I uh, might have to see if I can get hold of that uh, over the next minute or two, or even uh, if Darren's listening, I might uh, give him a ring, see if he wants to just come on and do it live.